Hello and welcome to this week's episode on the Supply Chain Podcast. Today we are joined by Anthony Clervey, Growth Advocate at UNA. He discusses topics such as the importance of partnership, the significance of GPOs in procurement and where he sees the future going for UNA. Don't forget to follow us at Supply Chain Digital on our socials to keep up with the latest information on supply chain. In fact, why not get in touch and let us know what you think about this episode? Enjoy. Okay, then. Well, let's get started then, Anthony. Um, I guess then as a way of introducing yourself, can you tell me a little bit about you and your background um, to obviously where you are today with UNA? Absolutely. So I've been in this space now just, just under a decade. And I didn't, I didn't go to school to start or, you know, this idea of procurement supply chain or specifically the GPO model that was, that was not on my heart or my mind. Um, it's been a, it's been a fun ride and evolution. And uh, we have a Kansas city based company that, you know, we've got a lean team. We've got about 15 folks. We focus in the private space, education, private business, and the GPO model um, has been around for some time. It's Genesis from healthcare. Um, and, and they have a strong um, use in public in the public sector as well. And what we've helped to do is helped and tried to do is drive this awareness and education in the private space and, and the use of a GPO and how it can be applied and what can be helpful. So what's been fun for me in my career is prior to the GPO space, I was in the home services model and we were helping contractors meet and connect with homeowners to do different bids and different jobs. So this idea of connecting and building a community, um, which is what UNA I believe is primarily doing and our, and our connection is between our supplier partners and our members or future members has always made sense to me. And so it's just been fun to establish a brand that has values and, and really take an advisor approach to our community and make sure that everybody is is seeing the the value of using a gpo uh within your sourcing your procurement um at at your organization so i think i think we can dive into that but my background going to school the at a small school in illinois mckendry university played baseball um so i have athletic background now i just (laughs) um i've got a three-year-old i've got a uh, I've got a nine month old, so I used to, you know, busy, I used to play golf. <laughs> so I, now I don't get to do that anymore. Yeah. My focus is on the, on the crew. There's, you know, life changes, things evolve, um, happily married for just over five years. So we've got, I'll tell you what I'm most excited about is the fun team that we have of, of folks of all different shapes and sizes that, that really love what they're doing and believe in our mission and, and, and more so our values. I think I hear a lot of folks in our space, talk about compliance and cost savings, which is expected. I still think there's a very big education and advisor role that we can take um, with the right procurement teams. But I, I just focus so much on our mission and our values and how we can build, build something great that, that goes beyond just the typical, um, all right, we want to help you exceed your RFP standards or your benchmarks or your scorecards. So um, that's a little bit about me. I've, I've, I think uh, what I'm most excited about is hear what, what you guys are doing and, and let's dive in some more questions that I think will help your audience. Absolutely. Um, and you mentioned there obviously about um, GPOs. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about them generally for anyone that, that doesn't really know is not familiar enough. Um, can you give me a bit of a background into, into that itself? So GPOs, again, 
group purchasing organizations uh, come from all different shapes and sizes. Again, their genesis has typically been in the healthcare space. And the general concept of it is economies of scale. You have the ability to, as a member or as an organization, we'll just say a private business, gain access to leverage, a leverage portfolio that has billions of buying power um, wrapped up into it. And we have thousands of contracts at our disposal that we have sourced or worked with our sourcing teams or affiliates to bring to the market. And the end goal is typically what we find, there is some direct spend that we're speaking to members about, um, services, what have you, but most of our conversations around indirect spend, professional uh, business services, office supplies, furniture. And the goal is to understand, hey, what are two or three or four categories that we can focus on that typically falls in that indirect spend side, your tail spend, if you will, that we can bring immediate value, speed the savings, speed the contract to, of course, bring savings that's ongoing, not just immediate, that's ongoing. And the idea through the standard model that Una uh, brings is we don't charge a fee. Um, your typical savings is going to be anywhere between 10 and 20 percent. And you can pick and choose what categories and programs make sense. So a lot of the times we can have a very intelligent with an open minded buyer or sourcing hero, as we say at Una, um, you know, you're going to see double digit gains that are going to be instant, but then last for a long time. So I guess to summarize it, you're going to get access to a, a bigger opportunity with with the same type of service that you're expecting from your current incumbent suppliers or different suppliers, hopefully an enhancement of that. And then of course, immediate savings and there's no additional cost, and you're not locked into anything. So there's a lot of things that we've done Una specifically. I think that we're educating the market that, you know, that's one of the myths is that GPOs you're kind of locked in, you're stuck. And, and we've tried to unveil that, that it really is a myth. And there's a lot of different ways that we've unveiled that, whether it be through forums like this or different pods where we're starting our own pod to kind of really tell. Um, we want the sourcing hero stories out there because there's so much, I think it's really fun stories and educational. And we all, and a lot of these sourcing heroes, procurement practitioners have some of the same uh, problems that they're, they're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, especially with this pandemic that we're all going through. So at the end of the day, the GPO is there as a blended approach to your overall procurement strategy. And so we try to take a very self-aware approach. Una does. Hey, we're a core value-driven company. We want to tell you with full transparency what we can do, what categories make the most sense. We're not going to charge a fee. Frankly, we want to be your advisor, an extension of your team. And you should see some real significant savings, some time savings, we're going to spend a lot of time on indirect spend, find a few categories, and then hopefully build a true relationship out from there that extends. Because our portfolio, we have thousands of contracts. So it's, you know, it's kind of like the old adage, like how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time. So that's, that's a little bit on the background GPOs and maybe Una's take on how to how to serve a member or a future member, if that makes sense. Would you, yeah, would you really say that they are what set UNA apart? Um, would you really feel like the key differentiators from, from UNA and other GPOs in the market? So I'll just speak to UNA. I mean, we've got, there's definitely some, there's a handful of semi-competitors. Most are in the healthcare space. 
um, or specifically hospitality, possibly food service, or in the in the uh, public sector, in the private space, what makes what separates you and I've said it a few times, I would say is our values and and leading with our values and and making sure that's a prominent thing that we're talking to not only with our current members, future members, then also with our supplier partners too. We don't we don't like the V word, which is vendors. We we want to make sure that there is a symbiotic kind of this this triangle approach where when we're negotiating or in, in discussions or writing up a contract or renegotiating a contract with our supplier partners that it makes sense for them and that there's there's additional value to working with our membership and so that there's you know there's a healthy tension there at the end of the day because there is leverage in the economies of scale but at the end of the day we want to make sure that the supplier partner is taken care of and then that value of course would extend to the member which they already expect so i think our values and how we approach our breadth of contracts would be a great differentiator as well mm. you know you can get you can get assistance um, or programs everything from it to furniture to food distribution to shipping small parcel shipping to packaging i mean the list goes there and there's a basic services into your more specific risk management hr um I, I think i could go on and on about the different categories so i think there is a a strong approach and and, and i think what's different is most as you go through the education process would look at gpos as oh they're just going to help me with office supplies and so i think what I would want to say at the top of a mountain is it's so much more. Um, and, and here's, here's an opportunity not only to, to see the current list of our suppliers, but then how UNA has gone to market, how we currently serve our member. And I would say the third thing is just the experience. It's really expected right now that every consumer, you know, you and I are consumers, we're buying things. What is my customer experience? Or as we say, our member experience, how am I engaging with UNA? How are they, interacting with me as an advisor and how is it helpful how is it not and are they answering my questions quickly and and we all want to you know that's expected with the days of amazon we want to get the product immediately we want to get the response immediately and we would try to meet our members or future members where they are and not just give them the boilerplate okay this is let's start from here um, because this is our process. No, we want to meet you where you are and make sure we're answering your questions. So I think there's a very hands-on approach. Some of the, one of the um, metaphors I like to use is, you know, a butcher is just going to sell you meat, but a dietitian is going to try to, is going to ask you questions and get an understanding of your body, your background, your dietary needs, and then prescribe you something. We want to be the dietitian in the GPO space for that sourcing hero to understand where are you today and how can we phase in a blended approach that makes the most sense for you, the member, and then invite in the right supplier partners. And so we, and that, and that is a holistic approach. That's an advisor approach. And anybody who's, who knows anything about procurement or implementing new contracts or, <clears throat> or making change, you know, we could use all these performance management, et cetera, et cetera. It does take time. It does take focus. It does take patience. And again, I think that's something that Una strives to continue to understand and be empathetic to, uh, especially since a lot of our members and future members are coming to us 
in a jam, in a very reactive approach, and, and most, most of the time in a very discovery approach because we know that we're not the only option and we don't want to take that ever for granted. Lovely, and you, and you mentioned there obviously that you know, they're, they're partnerships rather than, than vendors. You, know, you don't like to consider them vendors. Um, how important is that, is that relationship with partners? What do you really look for when seeking to establish that you know, strategic partnership? Well, it's critical. Um, and, and it's critical in a lot of ways. I, I'll, I'll lead with it again. We're looking for values. We're looking for consistency. Right now in, in, in today's market, we're looking for solvency. You know, a lot of our supplier partners are, are a handful. You're seeing this across the board. These big brands are furloughing a lot of folks. So what is the service going to be like? What are, what are the terms and what is the understanding and expectations? So you're having a lot of conversations around expectation, having a lot of conversations around what is the commitment levels like and, and how can, you know, again, you can get into the nuts and bolts and, and some of these contract negotiations are taking anywhere from six to nine to 12 months. And a lot of it we're doing based on what the market demands or sometimes what our members are saying. And so then we're going out and trying to um, identify the right partners, but it does start with the values. It does start with, on, you know, the partner getting an understanding of our current membership. You know, we are servicing some of the healthcare space, but the majority is the private business, everything from, um, you know, the Fortune 1000s to the mid-market. Um, you know, we can create some of that universal experience. We love, you know, there's different phases and maturities and levels of an organization, and we can help them kind of at any stage, depending on their sophistication. And so we want to make sure that it's a fit for our partner to go back to what you're saying and our supplier partner, is this a market you want to serve and how do you want to go to market and what's your communication like? And, you know, we've taken a really, I think a good stance and on marketing and, and having a message that's clear, that's, that's mission minded uh, for the member. And, and so I think it's trying to find partners that, that align with that. And so it's fun to, you know, we've worked with some different rideshare companies. Um, you know, I'll use Lyft as a great example, specifically to rideshare. They've been really fun to work with and, and their engagement has been extraordinary. It's, it's kind of tough times for travel. <laughs> Obviously, there's, there's not as much, but we have some other travel management partners that have been great. And Lyft is a very core value mission-driven company. And it's been fun to work with them on a lot of different projects and I, and I use them as a, as a good core example, as a, as a true supplier partner. We have others that we could mention as well. That's a more recent one. And we've been hanging in there with each other, especially with, you know, obviously the troubled times regarding travel, but we do believe travel will pick back up here in the fall and into the winter and hopefully uh, continue progression into next year. Hopefully I answered your question. You did. Thank you. Um, and we've touched on it couple of times but not fully obviously the elephant in the room is is COVID-19 yeah. um you know how has that affected UNA impacted operations or you know how what, what what do you really feel are the key lessons that have, have been learned from the pandemic so a couple things that's that's been nice for UNA is because of our scale and because of our leverage and relationships with our partners we have been top of mind as far as you know outside of healthcare of every, you know, from actually sourcing PPE products and providing that value to our membership. So that's been a critical component. I will say one thing that's been something that we've tried to, to look back and reflect on is 
um, which I know a lot of folks, you know, is this the risk management? A lot of members and companies are thinking, okay, what is the, the supply chain sustainability and getting into lead times and, and even the solvency of certain companies. So we've, we've been analyzing that and trying to understand um, who's, you know, is, are these partners that we're with, are they going to be around in 10 years? You know, what are their current models? Um, again, in full transparency, that is one of, you know, Lyft is a great partner, but we've also, you know, they're still working through and understanding their business model. So there's, there's real, you know, one of our, you know, one of our core values is candor. So just being transparent, that's one of the things that we're looking at and talking with them about and one of our members, but this COVID crisis, again, at, at the end of the day, we've just tried to be very empathetic, very understanding, not only for our members and, and the and the pain that they're going through. Obviously, spend levels have, in most areas, decreased, um, across, not all across the board. You want to be careful with the absolute uh, notions, but in a lot of areas. But, you know, everything from janitorial supplies, of course, to PPE, to IT, to software, to MRO, those things have actually actually picked up. And so we've pivoted like others and tried to make sure that our supplier partners have, you know, the sustainability, the supply to support the member demand and make sure that we're communicating the right expectations. So ultimately it's been a learning experience for a lot of us, of course, but Una, I think there's been some great resilience, I guess, to finish the thought, cost savings and cost analysis in procurement and sourcing and supply chain, throw them all together, even though they're all very different, it's very obviously top of mind right now. So we've been in a lot of conversations. It's, it's really ramped up. So it's allowed us to be that advisor educator, which we prefer to do and share information. And that's a lot of what we're doing is making sure the market understands the options that are available to them and why it can make the most sense for, you know, for a blended procurement approach. And specific to COVID-19, what's just assumed for the next couple years is not going to go away. It's going to have its ebbs and flows. But rather than trying to solve for that, whether it be politically or what we are or not supposed to do, how can we as an organization empower what we like to say, empower our sourcing heroes, give them the most information, the most viable supplier partners, the, the, the information they are requesting, or the value that they need. And if we can't, can we find others? So some of the layers that we've done is whether we have experts on our team or we will source out and bring experts from around through our relationships of, of different practitioners or, or other sourcing experts to try to bring in and understand and analyze the situation going deeper than just let's get a better buy price or let's avoid an RFP, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you sort of briefly mentioned there about, you know, being agile. Um, how important is that to be kind of agile, lean, and have that proactive sort of approach in, a, in an environment and in a market that is constantly changing because of the crisis? I think it, it, you know, there's a lot of perspectives you could take that question. It's a good question. I think a lot of procurement teams, depending on the size and maturity of the organization, probably do consider themselves agile. Typically, what I think, again, I want to be careful with generalist statements or making, making assumptions, but larger, larger organizations with hopefully deeper processes and, and compliance are not going to be quite as agile. But I think that this crisis has probably forced that in a lot of ways. And so 
ultimately, I think what's what we've seen is, you know, we believe the mind is like a parachute. It doesn't work unless it's open. And we're seeing that on the member side. We're also seeing that on the supplier side. So I think there's a lot of unique things that have kind of forced this agility. Um, and we're getting away from this notion, it's my way or the highway, whether it be for a member who has a pretty solid sourcing structure or approach or doesn't think that they need to use a third party like an UNA, um, or it could be a supplier partner that maybe is willing to bend or flex on certain terms or certain products or pricing or, or looking at a different, a different way to serve a market. So we've, it's been, it's, although, you know, again, I'll say it, it's the cliche, the silver lining of it all has been how we've, how we've been able to structure those different conversations and open up new opportunities through some of the pain and, and the crisis that we're in today. Yeah, for sure. And, and what about digital transformation? You know, how, what about the value of, of data and, you know, working smarter, not harder? Um, can you tell me a little bit about that and, and sort of the ways you're leveraging that sort of technology? So Una, we really, we have a plethora of analytics and data on a lot of our members. And of course, our, our supplier partners do as well. I think one of the things that we try to focus on is you can get lost in the data and there's some criticalness to continuing to understand the data. So this, this idea of, you know, volume under management or, 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 or under contract under management and making sure I'll just speak specifically to like your tail spend or your indirect spend, you know, getting your arms around the data and where, you know, supplier consolidation and how many different suppliers and, how many different POs and what is the cost to looking at all that? And, and what is the time suck for a current member, you know, for a procurement procurement team, if you will, and how can Una serve as a solution and what, what products and services can we bring to the table um, that either at cost or no cost to you that would help a member. So these, these conversations we're having uh, very frequently, and we're seeing a deeper need around analytics. I mean, data is, is everything, but it's like anything else. If there's not a legend to explain the data and what is the goal of understanding the data? Is it, is it you know, to make better decisions? I hope so, I, I would think so. And, and this concept of working smarter, not harder, it's, it's a great thing to say, but how, how do we execute it? And so we've really, we've really kind of take, taken an approach of, okay, if we, if we dive into your AP file, we wanna understand what your goals are um, uh, as, a, as a member, as an organization. And we wanna make sure, you know, like Drucker says, you, know, you, you can't uh, manage something you don't understand. And so we really need to make sure, can, can we understand this? Is it, is it measurable? And then if it's measurable, we can manage it. And so are the goals measurable? And how can we as an organization help measure those goals or encourage you to set better scorecards or better benchmarks? And then make sure that our supplier partners are extending the same uh, transparency. So a lot of, you know, one of the things that I'll, I'll say that, that we've tried to help partners get away from is just signing documents through email or, you know, 
to show that there's probably a lack of compliance or understanding, if you're going through RF, you know, do you have to go through an RFP in every category? The answer is you don't. Um, is the is the GPO the solution for everything? No. Um, is this you know if you're doing it yourself and working with a supplier, should you rather than working with like an UNA where you have economies of scale? And what analytics should you be looking at and why? And so these are a lot of the questions that we're asking and trying to understand. You know, you can't, you can't, um, it's hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you start, you know, where you're, where you're beginning. So we're benchmarking a lot of our conversations with our members and we're continuing to stress the importance of analytics. And we've, we ourselves, we've got some of our, for our own, our, our own tools internally. We also try to make recommendations again as that, you know, that dietitian, um, how can we make the right recommendations? Because every procurement team and company is at a different size and maturity level. So again, we want to make sure as an advisor, we're recommending the things that make the most sense for the current status and, and hopefully future status as well. Yeah, for sure. Have you noticed a sort of change in attitude from procurement teams? Is there, is there a change in mindset from now maybe to a couple of years ago as well? I think, as I alluded to it, I think there is a, hopefully not too much fear, but we've seen, you know, we've seen an open-mindedness, uh, maybe that like we haven't before. I think there's, there's an accelerator. I think COVID is the big, the 800 pound gorilla of COVID-19 has, has created this accelerator of, okay, well, I'm forced to look at things in procurement that I'm, that I haven't uh, looked at before. And, and that's, most of the time, maybe how change does come about. So we, we have seen an attitude improvement, if you will. I love, I love procurement professionals, but sometimes what we can find, not all the time, is we'll work with a buyer or a sourcing hero, as we say at UNA, and you, know, you start to show double-digit savings with a category manager, and we've, we tend to find, how do we have this conversation and include maybe the VPs or CPOs or, or some of the other leadership so that it doesn't look like someone isn't doing their job. I mean, at the end of the day, an organization is not going to be able to achieve the economies of scale. If you just think about it, UNA is continuing to, to add hundreds of members, if not thousands over the coming years from our past and, and, and even continuing on. Uh, and that's only going to drive more value for those specific categories. Whereas, one organization may or may not change their spend over a series of years for varying reasons, whether it's be through acquisitions or what have you. So there's a lot of things to look at. There's a lot of, I think I go back to kind of the open-mindedness and it's, it's been fun to sit across the table or some of our teams have sat across the table or I'll say sat across the zoom call, the zoom. <laughs> uh, which is okay and effective. And we're still, you know, it's not, not as, you know, not as the same as needed E but there is some engagement and understanding of, hey, we, we really want to be a partner. We want to be an extension of your team. And it goes back to a lot of our stories start with education or dealing with the problem at hand. So it's, it's, it can be reactive. So if we can get over the reactive of, I need help in this right now, or a shared vision of why we could help in certain categories for these category managers, um, it, it tends to open up uh, an entire landscape and, and it goes back to trust. You know, how can you, um, how can we extend an olive branch that makes sense for the member and invite in the right partners, whether it be a current incumbent for a supplier partner, which, you know, that can, that's not our MO. 
Um, but there could be some value of saying, well, the supplier partner knows what it's like to work with Una. So maybe they're not capturing all the spend uh, with that member, but if they can bring in us and bring in a different contract and approach, they capture all the spend and everybody wins. So there's, there's, we want to make sure, and I, and I say this a lot and it's okay. It has to be a win for the member and it has to be a win for the supplier partner. If those two things happen and it's consistent and transparent and expectations are exceeded, not just met, then Una will win too. And we always try to take that approach with every conversation. Yeah, that mutually beneficial sort of relationship is, is key, isn't it? And I guess in a, as an yes, extension of that, what, what, what do you really think that your average audience member would look like? What does that, what does that sort of look like? Yeah, so our future member, if you will, this is where it can get a little bit tricky, as I mentioned, where we can work with and serve and do serve um, some of the Fortune 1000 uh, companies uh, just, you know, again, our, where our focus, the concept of GPOs does extend outside of the United States, but we're only servicing members in the United States just for your audience. Um, again, at the maturity of an organization, uh, it, it really kind of comes down to, we look at revenue size and employee count, because that'll say a lot of things about the spend. But at the end of the day, we are servicing customers that are doing hundreds of thousands in spend in certain categories and some that are doing millions, if not tens of millions. So we try to take a very agnostic approach. Um, again, most of our focus and membership is in kind of this non-acute healthcare. Um, and, and of course the private business, the majority of our, of our members are in this private business space. And again, it, it, we, we, we take a very agnostic approach and we're, we're very open-minded because we, we tend to find that even the smaller companies are a little bit more agile. They, of course, they don't have the resources. And when I say smaller, it could be, uh, you know, 10 million to a hundred million compared to the billion dollar, the multi-billion dollar organization that may already have a pretty secure procurement team in place and is looking for a few procurement uh, or category solutions. But what I was getting back to is, is starting with that smaller or mid cap organization and kind of growing with them. Um, that's been a fun ride. But at the end of the day, most of what we're trying to do is, is make sure there's awareness of where, where and what the GPO can do, um, how it can be a very agile, uh, as we like to say, a la carte approach and to help you meet your goals that you are measuring as a procurement team, as a sourcing team, but not overtake, replace, or, or dictate the direction of your overall procurement strategy. Absolutely. Um, and, and what about the future, the future for UNA and the procurement space generally? What do you anticipate that to look like? And I know that maybe this is a, quite a difficult question because you know, if I asked you this maybe a year ago, it would have been something a little bit different than the situation we find ourselves in today. But what do you anticipate that to look like? Look, I'm a capitalist with values, if that makes sense. I mean, the strong will survive. And I think it applies to whether it be other GPOs that serve other markets, UNA as a whole, we have to continue to get better. Whether that be, uh, I think it's continuing to source contracts that our members want or the market demands, finding continue, continuing to hold our current supplier partners accountable and make sure that we're going back to our current membership and having further discussions if they're on three to four or five programs 
what else can we do to serve? How else can we help? What else is that you need? I think there's, there's, a, there's a strong and, and necessary technology component. Um, there's a lot of technology coming out around how to ma vendor management, if you will, as they say, or uh, supplier management and looking at all this. And I think there's extraordinary opportunity. We have some basic tools that we use internally that we've, that we've shared with our partners. And then we've also brought in some outside uh, players to help us serve that market. I think there's an extraordinary opportunity there that's required that will bring kind of this full circle transparency to the member and the supplier partner. Um, we believe that's a that's that's absolutely part of the future. I think there's an, an extraordinary opportunity in messaging. Every you know, I could I could sit here and go on and on about corporate speak and uh, benchmarking and scorecarding and and all the fanciful terms. But at the end of the day, so I'm I'm from Missouri, which some of your some of your audience is the middle of the country, United States, and and the slogan for Missouri is "Show me," and so I say it a lot to uh, folks that we talk to in our teams. How can we, we've got to show what we can do. We've got to prove it. And so it's a continuous, you know, everybody that's with us, we don't sign long engagements. You're a member, it's free to participate. You should get immediate savings and a handful of contracts that we have already negotiated deep value. And there's an expectation that never ends. So how can we continue to be on the cutting edge, not only from the speed to service, speed to value, speed to contract, but what else is going to be um, on, on the horizon beyond the pandemic? Because this too shall pass. And so we're continuing to ask those questions again, as I mentioned, adding to the portfolio, bringing on more specialists as an organization to focus on certain categories. For, for key members and, and how we're being a resource to our supplier partners. Can, you know, again, adding to the portfolio of technology. I think there's a whole, there's an entire consulting component that we've done a little bit of that will continue to come out of this. Again, we wanna be more than just the third party that is just gonna save you some money and it had a handful of categories. And frankly, that's, the ex, that's really the expectation of a GPO that that can bring a full service value, in my opinion. Um, whereas 20 years ago, it was, you know, again, help us with office supplies, maybe one or two categories. That still works and is okay. But the expectation is, as I think, and where the market's going and what, a G, again, get back to that, the strong will survive. Una as a brand, I think, I think if there was ever a time, I'll end with this to your question, making sure we're continuing to look and make decisions every day through our values. I can't emphasize it enough. And, and we want to work with members that, that align with our values and partners. And we found that actually the folks that drive the most value and revenue and, and that we are providing a service to, um, the ones that we have the best relationships with and, and the economics make the best sense, we have total alignment within the values. So how, how, do, how do people find you? Great question, Sean. So simply put, you can go to una.com, una.com, check us out. Um, we've got a fun video that kind of explains GPOs as a whole. And I think it's, it would be do a better service than even how I've explained it, Sean. Um, you can find me. I've got a personal brand as well, anthonyclervy.com. But if you're a large or small organization or 
know of someone in the United States and they want to have a discussion about GPOs or just know what's available in the marketplace, we'd love to chat with you. You can connect with us on LinkedIn. We're on all the social media platforms, but again, we're at una.com and we'd love to serve and talk to you about your organization or, or hear a procurement story. Again, we've got a podcast coming out here in a couple months, or I think next month uh, called the sourcing hero. That's going to be all about telling sourcing hero stories, uh, procurement stories, funny, sad, um, helpful, and we want to make sure that that we continue to create a community where our sourcing heroes feel empowered. Um, so we'd love to connect with you over at, at Una, and, and I'm glad to be on the show. And thanks for thanks for all your fun questions. What a pleasure. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast, Anthony. Thanks. Thank you.